uh, the Eintracht fans um, have a life besides football, unfortunately, right? So right. they have right. to work, they, they consume other content, they have to buy things. Um, and of course, um, they have their Eintracht life. And what we know uh, was, and we're taking advantage of that, is that the Eintracht app is definitely one of the three, four apps that every one of our fans uses every day. Right. So why don't we use that reach and this emotional attachment to our app to integrate more services? So we created, and this is very, was very important with the flexibility that I mentioned, uh, like with the seven. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting Global podcast. And today I'm here with Tim Yeager. And Tim, how's, uh, how's life in Frankfurt? How, how is everything going? Very good. I mean, uh, it's quite cold at the moment, uh, but we are like facing a very interesting match coming up on Thursday against FC Barcelona uh, and the Europa nice. League. So... Uh, mood is very good and looking forward to that big match absolutely i mean like what is your i guess predictions for it for the game i mean of course we compete to win so let's see uh, how that works out yeah i mean like it, w w it would be interesting though because obviously you know this this episode will, will, will be you know released after after it's uh, the game happens so let's let's see if you get right in your predictions i i fingers crossed i'll let you guys take take the win i'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great game and a and a great atmosphere so very very exciting of course to have you here and obviously we're going to dial a little bit into your background your uh you know what you're doing in 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 Einstrike tech and uh, a lot of the cool stuff that is happening in the sports i would say almost like sports tech world uh, soccer football tech world that you're in these days but um but before that why don't you just take us a little bit through the beginning of like how did your journey in the sports here begin take us from where it all started i guess yeah, so um, actually I was born really in Frankfurt, um, but I didn't study here. I studied the German part of my studies was in Bamberg, which is a small city in the south in Bavaria. Yeah. Um, half of my uh, studies I did in, in Buenos Aires during my master time. I mean, here in Germany it was called Diploma during, right. during that time, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> and I did my thesis in Rio de Janeiro. Um, after my, so I studied international business uh, with yeah. English and Spanish. Um, I uh, joined the Boston Consulting Group as a management and strategy consultant after my studies, worked there for uh, almost three years, like typical time to work in consultancy. Yeah. Uh, then afterwards, um, I joined BMW uh, in their headquarters in Munich, um, worked for BMW uh, in their strategy department for four and a half years. And then um, I was contacted by Eintracht Frankfurt uh, and asked to take over a role as advisor to the executive board. Um, to join to join the club in 2017 and since then i'm working for eintracht frankfurt and um, yeah that was uh, my path into professional sports awesome did, did you ever kind of i guess plan or dream about working in sports or was that kind of like not in your radar or, or how did how did that sort of like i guess happen and and i guess when you made that decision why uh well i think like every every um boy or girl's dream when, when he or she is interested in, in, in football is uh, at some point in time to, to work in professional football. But um, uh, of course, I was played football when I was younger. Um, yeah. As I said, since I was born in Frankfurt, I always uh, have been a, a fan of Eintracht Frankfurt. Right. Um, but um, uh, when you get when you get older, when you grow older, then uh, of course, it's at least for most of the people, when you focus on business, uh, it's not not so much on your focus anymore. Yeah. Uh, at least it wasn't on mine uh, when right. I when I finished my studies and I joined the 
the uh, strategy consulting within BCG and then worked for BMW. At, at some point in time, you, uh, you realize, okay, you're more into this traditional field of business. Um, so um, actually the contact uh, between me and Eintracht, apart from my private uh, passion for the club, Came yeah. uh, in 2013 when I did uh, um, a project for BCG uh, mm -hmm. for Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, this uh, is when I got first in contact with the business side of the club, and I thought, right. oh, okay, that's very interesting. Um, and but then I left BCG, joined BMW, so was it was kind of uh, kind of closed this episode for me. Right. Um, but yeah, then um, the club decided to to um, go into to a new business area. And and remembered me. And, and this was a chance for me to to yeah um, to have a look at the business strategy of the club and um, like I mean the opportunity to to become a, a part of that business strategy and a part of my uh, favorite football team was uh, too tempting not to do it. So basically <laughs> that was that was the way how I, no. how I joined the club. Hundred percent. I mean, like when you get that opportunity, you you kind of just have to jump on it. You know, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't happen that often. And so, you know, it, it's a little bit about, you know, grabbing the opportunity when it's there. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, you, you, you don't regret that decision considering also like you're going to be part of, I guess, the, the big game came, coming up now in a sense, you know, you're part of the team and, the, and now you're, 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 you're playing against Barcelona. I'm like, it's kind of like a dream come true in a sense. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know, the leading up to like your current role, obviously you're the CEO at Eintracht Tech, uh, which is a, obviously a company part of the Eintracht Frankfurt umbrella. And uh, I guess, tell us a bit more about the creation and the main purpose behind Eintracht Tech. Yeah, sure. So um, um, in 2017, when I joined the club, um, the uh, objective of the club was to uh, go into new business areas because... Right. Um, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt um, off the pitch um, uh, is and fortunately was very successful. So we are like totally sold out within traditional sponsorships and marketing um, before Corona. And we had now our first match uh, after the uh, Corona pandemic restrictions. And we again had 50,500 spectators in our stadium. So our stadium capacity is 51,500. So yeah. um, also before Corona and fortunately also now, after Corona, um, uh, we are more or less always sold out. So therefore, um, there's not so much growth potential in, in that as well, like in ticketing. Right. Um, so these are the, the main levers, right? Besides media um, income, media revenues that are marketed in Germany centrally by the league, you cannot yeah. really influence that from a business side. Um, so like the two main levers, which is sponsoring and ticketing, there was not so much growth potential at that time. Mm -hmm. So. Um, of course, the club could have said, well, um, I mean, we, we are doing good business. Um, let's just continue that uh, the way it was like the last 123 years. Um, that's how right. long Eintracht exists already. Um, right. But we see that the competition, or we saw at that time that the competition is changing more and more. Investor-led clubs are joining the Bundesliga. I mean, you see that in Leipzig, and we saw that in Hoffenheim. Uh, right. Of course, before that, you had Wolfsburg with Volkswagen, you had Bayer with Bayer, the pharma um, company behind that. You see that now with an investor joining Qatar uh, Berlin. Um, so you see that more and more clubs are bringing in investors. And right. um, of course, um, they have now money uh, coming from externally um, that, for example, we don't have. Right, um, right. What we, what we, of course, want to do is still compete on the pitch with these clubs. Um, yeah. 
now qualified quarterfinals of the Europa League. Uh, two years ago, uh, we played against Chelsea, like in the semifinals of the Europa League. We won the German Cup in 2018. And of course, we, we have this ambition to be very successful in the sports field. But to be successful, successful in the sports field, um, of course, you need a specific uh, or a certain amount of money to get the best players. Right. And this is, um, and we don't have these external investors uh, involved in Eintracht Frankfurt. So therefore, we right. decided, well, if there's not so much growth potential anymore on the traditional sports business side, then we have to be more innovative, and in our case, more digital than others, and go into totally other fields of business. And this was, in our case, digital-driven business models. Mm. And therefore, we started that as a project uh, in 2017. And then it grew, it grew, it grew. Uh, and two and a half years ago, we founded an own company, an own subsidiary, Eintracht Tech. You already mentioned that, which yeah. I have the pleasure and honor to be the CEO of. And this um, tech company um, uh, is now um, one of the most important uh, business pillars, strategic pillars of Eintracht Frankfurt, which has the objective to generate additional revenues, which then we can give to our sports department. Let, let's put right. it like that on a right. very, very simple way. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And I think you're touching about something really important, right? Because obviously you want to compete and you need to have, you know, the revenues and the and 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 the, and the resources in order to compete in that essence. And I think, you know, it's you have to like, I guess, if, if we're thinking about this from a, like a younger mind, right, that are coming into the industry. And, and, and I think a lot of people are just like, well, you have to compete on the field, right? And you have to like put a lot of your resources in there, which, which makes sense, right? But if you don't have the revenue on the business side, you can't allocate that money enough, you know, to balance it out. You need, you need to grow on both sides in order to, you know, have the results that you want overall on the field. And you talked a lot about, I guess, like more of the, you know, digital strategies, the digital, um, you know, areas that you're focusing on. And, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, specifically on the implementation of the Mine Aquila app. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe, maybe not about roughly. <laughs> um, and, and how, I guess, in a sense, it benefits the club and the Eintracht Frankfurt community. Just tell us a little bit about the top process around it, like why it's why you, you kind of like focus on this app, what's the main purpose behind it and, and so forth. Absolutely. So uh, to start with, um, uh, let me shortly explain the four main business areas of Eintracht. Sure. Yeah. So one, you already mentioned on the B2C side, on the fan side, it's our app, our platform that created, which uh, has the interface by our app, Mynakila. So this yep. is one area which I, I will concentrate on in, in the following. So this is a very important business area, the B2C part. On the B2B part, um, we have a strong focus on Internet of Things. We founded a known mm. digital hub called Arena of IoT, where okay. we have, um, and this is, for example, uh, also, um, um, I should also explain that, we actually are a tech company. We have own software developers, backend right. developers, frontend developers on the software side. We have own IoT Internet of Things experts. Uh, we have own data analysts. Uh, we have own esports experts. And um, so we, in this part that, that I, uh, I, um, I am allowed to represent, we are not a football club. We are a tech company, right. which is owned right. by a football club. So yeah. um, in the arena of IoT part, uh, we bring in our IoT Internet of Things expert together with um, technology companies, technology experts from all over the world um, to experiment, to elaborate on Internet of Things models in our stadium, like um, smart, smart energy, smart facility management projects, uh, it's um, it's related to intelligent visitor flow control, uh, what we're doing. So it's really experimenting on the B2B side on technology, which uh, mm -hmm. if it works in our stadium, 
Um, these uh, technology partners can implement that on airports, on train stations, uh, on commercial centers. So this is really B2, hardcore B2B Internet of Things projects that we are doing in this business area. Yeah. Uh, the third business area, besides B2C, platform and app, B2B, arena of IoT, the third pillar is esports. Uh, we are uh, one of the most successful esports um, clubs in Germany uh, from, from a football perspective. Um, we have, of course, we do FIFA. I mean, this right. is, this is yeah, very yeah. Nice, makes total sense. <laughs> um, but um, for us, the most important thing is in, um, League of Legends. So um, right. after uh, Schalke, which was like the front runner here in Germany with the LSC sport, for example, they had and, and just recently sold, uh, we are number two in League of Legends. Uh, we have our own um, esports academy. More than 100 young kids are getting trained in League of Legends and FIFA here in Frankfurt, and they form our teams. Yeah. Um, so this is a strong focus of Eintracht Tech. And then we have our uh, tech and startup corporations. So in 2017, mm. we were the third club in Europe to have an own startup program after Barcelona and Arsenal. Um, we right. had our sports tech accelerator program where we brought 15, uh, or from our perspective, the most 15 most interesting sports tech startups to Frankfurt to do mm. a, a boot camp with them, an accelerator program with them. And of course, everything with the objective to, to get very close and very early to innovations. So this is the business areas that we're focusing on. And you mentioned it, Minacula, the app and the platform that, that we created is, is a core pillar of that. So um, if you want to be successful um, on a digital side and to create new business revenues, um, of course, you have to be very digital and very innovative on the fan side. Right. Where we realized years ago that, um, and this accounts probably for more or less all of the clubs worldwide, that um, if you are um, not only sports clubs, but also companies, if you are like working for 100 years in your specific industries, uh, of course, different silos are cre created by the time. And in the case of a sports team, it's at some point of time, you got a ticketing system. At some point of time, you got an e-commerce store. At some point of time, you got an app. At some point of time, you got like a membership um, administration tool or whatever. So it was right. like all a mess. Yeah. Um, and we realized that with this, base and foundation, it's not possible to build um, data-driven business models. So, um, of course, we had a look on the market and see, well, if there are specific applications and, and software solutions that we could use. Yeah. And we um, realized that for our ideas that we had, everything was too standardized and uh, um, not, not really like fitting. So what we did was um, basically we killed everything, killed all the systems that we had and created everything new by ourselves. So as right. I said, we have own software developers. We created our own ticketing system. We developed our own e-commerce store. We developed our own app, everything done by ourselves. We created right. our own things and on. So the whole software that we are using is developed by Eintracht Tech. Um, and this of course gives us a really huge um, flexibility and uh, allows us really data-driven business models because everything is running through our systems and everything is coming down to one database to one right. really big data lake that we can analyze and, and work with. Right. So um, in the first step, uh, we focused, of course, um, to digitalize um, uh, any kind of essential customer and fan point of contact. The mm -hmm. app, the ticketing system, the e-commerce store. These were the, the first things that we created and, and newly brought to the market via our app, Minakila. Right. Second step um, that we, that we um, did was, uh, we took over stadium operations. So right now, Eintracht Frankfurt is not only uh, a football team and it's not only a team 
that uh, operates his own stadium. Our stadium is the biggest concert venue in Germany. Mm. So therefore, Eintracht Frankfurt is also responsible for now this summer, the Coldplay, Ed Sheeran, whatever concerts that are taking place in our arena. Right. And this is very interesting because this is a totally different uh, target group that we are right. now working with. Um, it's not the, the fans anymore. It's also yeah. the Coldplay Ed Sheeran fans. Right. And um, what we did was in a second step to link um, the app to our stadium. Of course, you can buy uh, tickets to football matches via our app, but now you can also buy tickets to concerts. Right. You can connect with the Wi-Fi of the stadium via our app. Uh, by next summer and in, in the third quarter of this year, we are going to introduce in seat delivery, uh, which we mm. um, yeah. can order food and drinks to your seats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we developed together with Deutsche Bank and MasterCard our own mobile digital payment solution where you can buy with your, with your app now, yeah. with our app in our yeah. stadium. And this is the most important step. The third one, which we, we started, is um, to create a relevance for everyone's daily life here in the region. What does that mean? Mm. Um, of course, we know that uh, the Eintracht fans um, have a life besides football, unfortunately, right? So right. they have to work, <laughs> they, they consume other content, they have to buy things. Um, and of course, um, they have their Eintracht life. And what we know uh, was, and we're taking advantage of that, is that the Eintracht app is definitely one of the three, four apps that every one of our fans uses every day. Right. So why don't we use that reach and this emotional attachment to our app to integrate more services? Mm -hmm. So we created, and this is very, was very important with the flexibility that I mentioned, uh, like with a standardized solution, it's not possible like, like that. We right. created a very standardized solution, a very standardized marketplace where we now connect our partners with. That means that we are selling energy tariffs. We are selling now um, insurances. We are uh, we integrated um, the logistics company, um, so you can say can see like a real time um, real time view on where your parcel is that you ordered via Eintracht Frankfurt. As I said, you, you can pay with that. Uh, we have integrated um, content related to politics, things that are going on in the region. So we created a small hub for everyone, for everyone's daily life. We are still at the beginning with that, integrating yeah. more and more partners. Yeah, but the idea is leaving this traditional field of sponsoring where you have like a boring banner in your app and you click on that and you're coming to a specific company right. website. We are fully integrating them like a small Amazon marketplace. We're integrating yeah. partners and selling their products. And this is, um, this is the business model. Of course, we earn uh, with every product that we sell, like Amazon does it uh, right. with a specific provision. And now um, with this approach, we are creating totally new revenue streams that other clubs don't have that give us uh, a competitive advantage. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And I mean, like there, there's a lot of uh, thanks for like unwrapping a lot of the things here, because I think it's a lot of, you know, stuff that, you know, I, I want to touch upon, but but the, I, I want first and foremost, just um, talk a little about, you know, all the amount of data that, that is coming in here. But and I think like that's a big has been a lot of big challenge, you know, for organizations for for companies sports organizations and, and clubs out there is that there's a lot of data there but how do we utilize it just talk a little about i guess like and, and you mentioned like some of the steps that you were doing but just talk a little about you know the funnel and how are you ensuring that the value that you are uh, the data that you are you know getting out there is actually valuable for for for, for the club for Eintracht tech and obviously you know at the end of the day are benefiting the the community yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the first step is that you need a, a clear digital strategy. Uh, and for a clear digital strategy, you need total transparency about your current digital status quo. 
Every club has to do that. Doesn't matter if uh, the club uh, wants to focus on digital business models or not. I yeah. think everyone has to do like uh, let's say due diligence on mm -hmm. on the on the on the digital status quo. Because right. even though, um, or let me put it that way, if you don't do that, you will face problems in the future. That's one hundred percent clear. Yeah, uh, and we did that. Um, and um, and as I said, I'm very honest. Uh, it was a mess. Um, so we realized that with the systems we had, that we're not talking to each other, where the data wasn't uh, wasn't fully aligned during different um, applications, uh, right. we cannot work with. So um, it was very important for us to cr create um, a like a, a digital strategy um, and a digital landscape um, um, where how the perfect IT architecture should look like. Right. And, um, right. Related to that vision and to that to that strategy, we during the last, I mean, now it's like last four years. It's nothing that you can do like within six months. It's not yeah. possible, right? So, um, especially we are we are not like a, a club that plays Champions League every year. So it yeah. takes time. I mean, we we were a very small team at the beginning and had to build that up. Um, so that, that was the most important thing to 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 do the homework to create mm -hmm. like an IT architecture that um, allows us to really work with the data. So this right. was the first step. The yeah. second step was to to um, to bring in the know-how within the club to to work with the data, yeah. because um, we started with okay, the data was a mess and the systems was a mess. Okay, right. we created a new IT architecture where the yeah. systems were really perfect. Next step was okay, we have a lot of data. What are we going to do with that? Of course, we need data analysts. So right. we hired data analysts and brought them on board. Um, it was very clear for us. Um, that we have to understand fan behavior more. We have to understand what the fans really want. And only if you have a clear view on, on the fans behavior, on the fans visions, uh, visions and, and yeah, and create a specific uh, level of excellence on, on these digital services, you right. can really go into new business models. So therefore the data analytics head does a lot. And then the next step was um, to, to bring in like the business development know-how, bring in ideas, uh, work on new concepts and, and it's very important to, to have always like the fan in the center of your thinking mm. because you go into fancy business models but by the end of the day the fan says well I don't need that yeah whatever I think it's a step-by-step -step approach, uh, approach with a with a clear vision that that you need Right. And, and, and you talk a lot about the foundation, right, of like getting that right. And, and it just trickles down to like all the other steps that you're putting into the, the funnel, I guess, in a sense. And um, I, I wanted to also like talk a little about uh, from a partner slash also, I guess, innovation startup standpoint, because you talked a lot about, OK, this is opening doors for our sponsors, you know, opening doors for our partners, you know, obviously opening doors for, you know, innovative startups coming in here. Just talk a little about like how on one side obviously working with these partners and, and and sponsors to like integrate them into the system and second of all uh the, the startups to i guess you know be part of this journey and and then finding the balance there as well um yeah sure so um at the beginning of course uh it wasn't that easy because um right. <laughs> uh, when when we approached like partners and we said well um we are developing our own app we are developing our marketplace where we're developing our systems we're integrating you as a partner and we're talking about like multinational companies mm. um, and we are integrating you, uh, giving you like a new emotional sales channel. Um, of course, a lot of them were not believing us and just like laughing. Right. You were just like a, a football club and yeah. you're not a tech company. Yeah. Uh, and in the beginning, uh, of course, we only had like the vision and PowerPoint slides. Now right. it's a lot easier because yeah. we, had the proof of, we have the proof of concept already. Right. Everything works. 
But of course, at the beginning, um, at the beginning, it's not that easy. You need you need to convince the partners. You you need to show them that you're not. And this was one besides other points. One of the most important uh, reasons to to set up an own company for that because at the beginning we started as a project, and then of course. Um, football and sports in general is a very short-term short driven business. I mean, right. if you lose like 10, 10 games in a row and you're getting relegated or whatever, and you have other problems. Yeah. And we realized that um, a lot of the company partners, may it be from Germany, but also from, from the outside international partners, they of course know that from other partnerships that for example, if something doesn't go well, projects just stop and then that's it. And like with these digital topics, um, of course, they need uh, uh, upfront investments. And um, some company partners said, well, um, I, we, we, I mean, it's a good idea, um, but it's a project. And if like on the sports side, it doesn't go that well, um, then you probably will stop it. So it doesn't make sense for us to go with you into these right. high, high sophisticated digital business models. Right. And this, of course, now is, is a totally different discussion because um, we, we, we set up an own company with dedicated resources that doing nothing else than software development, IoT development, right. esports, uh, data analytics. So um, these companies, uh, for them, it's now, on the one hand side, we have the proof of concept, it works. And on the other hand side, it's not a, it's not a project, it's an own company that they're working with and doing their contracts with. Right. Um, a lot of trust and of course, um, uh, make, make, make it, make it, makes it easier for us to do to do to create new business yeah but this was of course at the beginning a challenge to to convince the partners right. that they're right. not talking to to a 120 year old uh, football club but now to a 123 year old football club which has a tech company yeah no i mean like i, I think it's very interesting what you're touching upon here too because um obviously you know being in the startup bubble being in the startup world i, I mean like I, I i know the challenge and i think people just kind of um you know kind of expect that in a sense like well well but you're like a proper club you know like everyone will listen to you <laughs> you know it's and, and it's i mean like at the end of the day like it comes down to that those hard questions right and like having that proof of concept showing that it works and, and as, you, as you said as well like how do we you know limit the the risks that are involved with it for our partners for for understanding you know what is the overall vision of what we're trying to achieve here and i think that's a it's a very important um you know way you're you're talking about that and i guess you know we have talked a little bit about you know i guess a lot of you know digital models you're exploring and i, I guess like i want to you know guess look a little bit further ahead on, on some of your plans for the future and you mentioned some of the things that you are working on but uh, can you go a little bit more in depth i guess in some of the new digital models you're exploring to enhance the club and i guess like capitalize on that you learned over the last you know uh, three four years working on this project you know feedback from partners from from the club uh from the community what, what are some of the key things that has you know come back from the data and the insights that you learn along the way uh i think we could we could talk about that like for three hours but let, let me just try to to find right. like two, two three things um that that um illustrate it so what we see in general, and I think this doesn't only account for Germany, it probably also accounts for other countries. Um, the way partnerships in sports work from our perspective is changing. Like in the past, um, like traditional sponsoring uh, was, was enough for the partner, partner companies. They just wanted to see uh, the reach and they put their logo somewhere in the stadium or wherever on, on digital channels. And then that's it. 
But now um, they are more like um, analytics driven. They want to see the value add of that. Uh, they want to understand what was the return on invest that they did. And um, therefore, of course, the, the whole data that we generate, that everything what we're doing is measurable, um, helps us a lot to, to show uh, our partners or potential partners that there is a significant return on invest on, on their investment at Eintracht Frankfurt. This is one thing. And right. I think the, the, the value of data is, 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 is getting more and more important. I mean, of course, everyone says that, but I think yeah. it's still true. Right. Um, that, that, that is like the, the value of data analytics is getting more and more important. That's, that's one thing. Of course, an acquisition of new partners, but also on the uh, retention of old partners, because they're also seeing, uh, they also want to see what the effects of new sponsorships are. Right. Um, this is very important. What we also see that from a sustainability perspective, uh, it brings a totally new dimension to that uh, in our um, arena of Internet of Things. Mm. For example, what we did was uh, that we um, we have a very big area that uh, our stadium is like allocated uh, or located in the middle of a forest here in Frankfurt. Right. So um, uh, we brought in sensors in the soil, uh, not only on the stadium pitches and on the training pitches, but also like on the in the in the forest here around surrounding our stadium to get um, data about the how, how dry the soil is um, if it needs more water and from a from a sustainability perspective that that's very important also right. the topics that we're doing on on uh, smart energy in our stadium or smart smart facility management smart cleaning um, that you're not wasting any kind of resources maybe water maybe energy right. uh, it, it's um, it has a it has a, a higher effect on on the bottom line to to yeah. on the one hand side um, uh, reduce costs but on the other hand side to to be a sustainable club and mm. this i think is um, is getting more and more important and um, as i said the in the b2c part in the part about the platform and the systems that we developed um, as I said, everything was developed by ourselves. Um, that means that we have 100% of the intellectual property of that. Right. So what we're doing is, um, um, by the end of the year, starting white label sales to other clubs, um, uh, maybe in football, maybe in sports in general, maybe stadium operators, uh, and offer our software solutions that we developed here um, to other mm. clubs um, that, for example, cannot... Um, yeah, cannot the re cannot realize this upfront investment because we yeah. significant significant amount of million euros right. in the development of the systems, yeah. and of course now um, we are starting to offer these technology to other clubs, uh, which of course then uh, at the end of the day helps us to re-monetize our investment. So these are right. like the three trends, which is like on the one hand side the value of data, the yeah. um, uh, sustainability part and the white label. I think yeah. these are three good examples. Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. I, I then wanted to, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about the sustainability side of things. Like just, just dive a little bit more into like, I guess what you uh, waste that you, obviously you talked a little bit about like, you know, analyzing the soil, you know, say the side the stadium and, you know, more, more, more efficient inside the stadium operations in order to be more sustainable. but. Go a little bit more in depth into like what specific measurements I guess you guys are you know putting into place to making sure that the club is more sustainable and how I guess that process came uh, to life for you guys as well by utilizing this this data and insights to, to say okay we we need we need to take you know some 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 critical steps here to to be more sustainable. Well, I think um, first and foremost, uh, it's um, I mean from all. 
a club has has a, like a obligation for society to be a good example um, on, on sustainable behavior. I think right. that's that's definitely one of our missions. Um, and um, this has um, this is like the the overall topic. We have to be sustainable as a club. I mean, everyone knows that. Uh, yeah. If if nobody is right. starting that and if we have a big reach. Uh, we can be like a role model um, for our entire region if we if we focus on, on that. So um, and aside from that, um, of course, it also has a financial perspective. Um, as I said, if you're working in a sustainable way, um, then you of course can um, can save resources, and if you save resources, you can save money. Right. This is very important. But we also see on the other side that for a lot of for a lot of, uh, of partner companies. Uh, it's getting more and more important um, that they only partner with clubs that have a sustainability strategy. Right. And I think that's good. Uh, and we see that more and more on the market. And of course, um, uh, for us, it's, um, I mean, we have done that anyway. Yeah. But um, of course, it's important for us to, to focus on that, to also um, comply with the demands that our partners have. Because if, right. if, if like a bank or whatever kind of financial institutions, I think it's starting with that and it's getting like an awesome other industries. Right. If a bank, for example, in the future um, wants to partner with a football club and they have shareholders, they have, um, have investment funds uh, in the back, and these require uh, sustainability uh, measures from, from partnerships. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important from that perspective. Um, but also sustainability doesn't only um, focus uh, on, the, on the environmental part. Uh, we focus uh, completely on the ESG. So there's also a social and a governmental part uh, in right. sustainability. Right. And um, this is not part of Eintracht Tech, uh, Eintracht Tech but we work very closely together with that department within Eintracht Frankfurt, mm. developed um, our own sustainability um, framework that has like 300 KPIs. Uh, all over the club, uh, working on the E perspective, S perspective, and G perspective, mm. and uh, really giving us uh, and also our partners uh, an overall view on how sustainable Eintracht Frankfurt is, is working overall, and how we or specific improvement measures uh, have an impact on the overall sustainability of the club. Right. No, it makes may, may makes a lot of sense. And, and as you were saying too, like as a club, you have to be, you know, focusing on sustainability and, and to be sustainable because you are that role model. You are, you know, you have a very unique position and a very unique voice uh, in, in, in the community, uh, in, in your, your country and your city, you know, to, to be a front runner. And, and this is very important, uh, you know, not only from, from, as you were saying, from a club and from a, I guess, sponsor and partner standpoint, but it, it's also about like, I guess, in a sense, uh, part of the reputation right of, of like the club of, of uh, I, I guess also it impacts the fans in a sense where um, I think that obviously you have probably much more data on this from from your own fans but in terms of like what is the expectations and the demands from your fans right and as time grows and as you see now like of course you know, it's, it's getting more and more important and I think that's a good thing yeah yeah, and then the younger generation is is much more focused on you know being more sustainable, having higher demands you know to what they're being involved with. You know what is the uh, the clubs, the teams, like the the activities that they do and and what they stand for. It, it's becoming more and more crucial uh, for for the upcoming generation. And since we're on the topic of upcoming generation, I mean, like I, I think it's perfect to kind of like I guess in a sense looking a little bit into the future, uh, you know, and then thinking about like the future leaders of the industry and um, 
I guess, in a sense, with what kind of tips you might have for them. And, and I wanted to talk a little about, I guess, you know, if you look at it from, um, you know, digital models, uh, information that they should keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, what kind of tips would you give kind of like, I guess, the, the upcoming sports leaders to, to, to keep an eye on moving forward? I mean, of course, it's just like an individual perspective or perfect plan on how to develop um, yourself. But from my perspective, um, like topics um, like uh, we, we touched on already, like sustainability, digitalization, digitization, uh, just to name two, are getting more and more important. And these are not um, traditional fields of sports and sports management. So I think uh, my advice would be to, to be very open and very open-minded towards topics that are not coming purely from the sports industry. Um, there are more and more trends coming from the outside, as I said, like sustainability, like digital. Um, so I think it's very important to, to, um, to have an interest in these topics, to yeah. try to learn more about these fields. Um, um, we see, for example, here in our club, more and more people coming in from, from the outside, from other industries, maybe like from strategy consulting or maybe from, from other industries. Mm -hmm. uh, more and more uh, people are joining the club because there's a lot of knowledge uh, needed in the future um, that, as I said, is not related to, to traditional source of revenue like ticketing, like merchandise, like sponsorships. Um, so I think it's very important for, for everyone to, to have an at least an open mind for new topics, to, to go to conferences, to, to read like uh, in, in specific journals and specific magazines, to be up to date to trends that are also changing other industries. I think it's very important not to be too narrow-minded to just like sports and the traditional sports um, yeah. um, uh, topics. I think from my perspective that that's very important to, to be really open for these outside trends coming into the sports industry. Right, and, and if there's, I guess, uh, one, I guess, advice on what kind of skill you think that I guess the future leaders of, of like upcoming leaders, I guess, and uh, I guess the, the students, young professionals that are trying to get into the sport for a learner, what, what is a, you know, one, two skill that they should try to enhance and, and, and focus on moving forward? I mean, this of course depends a lot on in, in yeah. which area of a football right. club you yeah. work. Because <laughs> I, 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 got, I got like- From, from, from your areas. angle, from your angle, you know, you know just so think from my, from my <laughs> From my angle, it was um, I, I joined the club on on a management level, and yeah. and therefore, of course, it's it's very important to have like um, the um, yeah, strategy development is a very important skill mm -hmm. to to know and to understand how to build strategies, like starting with a business plan, uh, creating um, a growth growth plan, and and to follow these different steps, um, to think about uh, specific influences, maybe internal or external. Right. I think it's very important to, to understand how to develop uh, business strategies. And in general, I think, um, um, uh, of course, like uh, to start with an internship within the sports industry is a good first step because, of course, every employee uh, or sorry, every employer looks on your CV, CV and wants to see, yeah. okay, is there a specific like, uh, like knowledge already involved from the sports industry? So it's always good to have like one, one like, if you're still studying, try to get an internship within a sports organization, it's always yeah. good. But as I said, not if you have like, if you're studying sports management and if you, for example, like did two, three, four internships within sports, of course, it's not bad. But I think it's very important to try to broaden your focus also on other industries. 
do like an internship within 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 a company, like maybe very close to sports, like within Adidas, yeah. Nike, whatever kind of let's say sports apparel right. um, organization, but also like in other and in, in other companies, maybe like for example, I did um, before I joined uh, the strategy consulting, I did an internship within Lufthansa to understand how the um, how the, the like the classical industry yeah. works. So it, I think it's important to have a very broad portfolio of mm. of experiences. And, and during your time at university, there are so many good chances to get in touch with interesting companies, do internships. I think that's definitely an advice that I will always give yeah. um, to, 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 to build your, your skill set and also to, to find out for yourself what you're actually interested in. Um, right. Because um, if you start in a sports organization right after your studies, it will definitely be a specific area, maybe sponsorship, maybe ticketing, maybe merchandise. Or whatever nice. so it, it's also a good way um to start within the classical industry like classical industry another industry which is not yeah. sports broaden your skill set and then join a sports organization then you have a real big advantage uh compared to people who always works in the sport industry you you would then have the advantage to know how the work looks outside of the sports industry right. and i think this broad focus could, could help yeah. oh absolutely makes makes a lot of sense and uh with that, Tim, I would like to thank you, you know, so much for, for taking the time for uh, sharing your tips, your insights, and, and really going in depth. I mean, like, of course, I wanted to, I mean, like, I, I could kind of like scratch and scratch and go like deeper and deeper, but uh, there's always, there's always so much we, we get time to, you know, in, the, in, in one episode. I, I think maybe we have to do like another one, you know, in, the, you know, maybe six, eight months time and maybe go like a little bit specific on one topic, you know, and just like dig deep because I think it's important, you know, for, for people as well. And that, that's sort of like our job here. You know, we want to help educate, you know, the, the, and, and inspire these young leaders to get more knowledge about the industry and, and help them, you know, on their pathway of making that choice. So, uh, once again, you know, thank you for taking the time and uh, it was a pleasure having you part of the podcast. Thank you very much for the invitation. Absolutely. And we have we have one uh, tradition that we have on the Sporting Global podcast, which which we have to do. And, and so I always I always teach our guest a little bit Norwegian. So you have to <laughs> you have to try a little bit Norwegian today. So uh, with uh, every video we do, we always finish with the snuckes which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you have to say. Can you say it again? Vi snakkes. Vi snakkes. There you go. Easy. Perfect. I mean, we, we had Jan Agafjortov playing for us. Now we have Jens Petter Hage who plays for yeah. us. So now I, I better understand how to communicate with them. Exactly. Just say vi snakkes and they will be impressed. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll try that out later on. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Tim. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.